PD Raw is a podcast sharing the experiences and insights of people with personality disorders or traits by being brave and talking about the things that are shameful and painful. Humans demystify and destigmatize the things that we hide. The aim of this podcast is to let others know that they are not alone. By showing the reality behind our walls, we hope to bring people closer together, connecting in a more open and authentic way. Please be aware that, due to its topic, this podcast is adults only, not safe for work, and may contain triggering content. Hello. Howdy there. Hi. How are you? Can you hear me good? I can hear you perfectly fine. You say you're not a tech person. Oh, I just had to push one button. It's awesome. I love it. Fucking incredible. (laughs) Um, Okay. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm going to do an intro just right now, just for safety or prudence's sake, because I didn't do it with nameless narcissists. And then that went off the fucking rails. So we're just going to get this right off the dome, right off the top. Welcome people to PD raw, the, podcast where we talk about people's personality disorders from their own perspective and with a compassionate viewpoint. And today I have on a big name who's actually been very helpful for me in terms of understanding, I think, some of the antisocial sides of things a lot more. And I've consumed a lot of her stuff. It's fucking Cluster B. What's up? Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, you can't parade out Mr. Chicken. You know, it doesn't come through in a podcast. (laughs) I know. I was just going to say that, but I could, I could hear it. <laughs> He's dissociating right now. So that, I'm just going to let him do that. We all need our down periods. Yes. But yeah. I am excited to have you on. As I said, I've listened to a lot of your stuff and it's been really helpful for me. I think trying to understand the female side or perspective of some of these things. I mean, everybody kind of wants to know what's going on in the black box of somebody else's head and you've been really important having that out there for me i'm glad i am now i i started my channel because i was pissed off at the victim channels Mm. and my what i wanted to do well actually i told mental illness to do it i'm like why aren't you telling people about what's going on behind these fucked up behaviors well you know because it was just looking like demonized 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 i go there's a lot of pain behind this shit Mm -hmm. you know and and we're hurting other people a lot of us are just from my perspective a lot of the things i do i am not aware of the pain that I'm causing other people because of my lack of empathy. So I don't have that spiritual chakra connection to you, right? Yeah. So I'm not, not sure how many people do, so don't worry, you're in good company. <laughs> yeah. And I mean the majority of people are unaware anyway. You know, they're just like pointing like to point a finger at, you know, that person has to be the epic piece of shit. I'm perfect in every way. Type per anyways, I was fucking sick of that shit. So he told me, well, um, I was being a dick. And he was like, why don't you start your own channel? And I was like, oh my God, yeah, okay, I'll fucking do that. So, Motherfucker, um, I think I just might. I'll take you up on that bet. 
I know, but he said that he would promote me if I did it. And I was like, holy okay. shit. So I watched a few YouTube videos on how to do it. And some YouTubers were like, don't even buy equipment, just do the fucking thing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I just started, um, I made four videos and I posted it on a chat group that we were in together and he posted it. And I got my first three to 600 viewers from him. And so he helped me, you know, start the thing. But, you know, I was very pissed off and so a lot of my older videos can come off very abrasive. <laughs> oh, that, that's for fucking sure. I mean, even uh, even these days, you know, you still do critique videos sometimes. And when you come to those victim channel videos, I mean, to be quite fair, you hear some of them and you're just like, and you're supposed to be the empathetic one? Like, what's going on here? Um, no. <laughs> Well, I mean, they don't understand, which I totally fucking get. A long time ago, I was like, I don't give a shit if you don't understand. Fuck you, right? Yeah, and, of course. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, I know that you don't understand, so I'm going to try to explain it better. And because I'm always learning about myself all the time, I was documenting that too. So when I had my first narcissistic injury, when I was self-aware, I documented that, you know, and I was saying like all of my feelings behind things that are happening to yeah. me. And yeah. Uh, actually, something that I did want to touch on there is just watching your own journey because I've followed along a lot, uh, with quite a bit of it. And it's just, you know, the highs and the lows and just the uh, intensity and consistency of working on yourself. And then there's still more to go. And, you know, you get feedback from the audience and you're talking with other people. So, I mean, it's just kind of a journey for even like a regular person to have this self-discovery and this awareness. But the fact that you're just constantly at it and some of these things at the beginning, I'm guessing you didn't even know yourself this well. You're just like, I know I do this. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if you know the fuck. But now that you've been doing this for yourself, you probably understand a lot of your own things way better than when you first came to this. Yeah. So a, a lot of narcissistic people, they don't understand or can identify their feelings are. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like somebody on the autism spectrum, you know? And mm -hmm. so I didn't know what shame was. At all. I did not know what that feeling was. I did not connect to, you know, what the definition is to what's happening inside of me or whatever. Well, that's fascinating. Um, so for the majority of my life, you know, I'd be like, I don't got no shame. I don't got fuck you, fuck you. I don't got no shame, <laughs> you know. And the whole thing is I was pushing that shame so far down inside of me and create, you know, and I've been living with the false self since fucking forever you know since i was a kid that i did not know that 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 is what i'm protecting i'm protecting myself from that that's why when um somebody tries to guilt me i get this just mock five second ping in my chest and then it's like fuck you you know like, um, how dare you fucking guilt me, you know? And then I would, you know, rage on them or whatever. Now, yeah. I wasn't, I'm a very big self-helper too. I always have been since I was like 20 years old. So I've always been trying to do self-improvement. But what I realized was a lot of it was just learning to mask, you know, better 
or different or putting on that positive mask. And because I wasn't really hitting the core issues deep Mm -hmm. down inside, but I did learn to communicate better with different people or not take on their shit as my own. You know, there was, there was a lot of good help there, but still all the underlying mental illness, demonic shit that was plaguing the inside of me was still just laying in wait. I, I, I used to say that my monster is sleeping right now. Yeah, still keeping it real satanic. And oh, man, there's just so many things that you just said that I think are fucking incredible. One that I put here is that I think a lot of normal people can't comprehend. And it's really, I don't think you can quite criticize so many of the diagnosis until you try to wrap your mind around this. But the Mm -hmm. fact that they look inside themselves and they see something that is inhuman, or you see something that you don't understand, or you look inside and you see nothing. There are all these ways in which when you're healthier and more well-adjusted, you can look inside yourself and, you know, you think back to like your fourth birthday and like your best friends and pleasant memories or sad things, you know, you kind of got something going on. You got dreams, you got desires. And when you're disordered and you look inside yourself and you see something that is very much not like what society is kind of selling us that we're supposed to have on the inside, that Mm -hmm. itself is traumatizing. And that's a constant ongoing terror that kind of like you said you need to shove down all the time of just what the fuck is actually in here in me yeah well a lot of people you know with all their wonderful feelings and connections and shit it will create envy but i won't see it as envy I will somehow spin that shit as, you know, you're below me because you're a pussy for having all these feelings and stuff, right? Mm. Um, or your empathy is a weakness because it was weaponized against me. Feelings were wow. weaponized against me. And, you know, that turns into the ugly soup that's inside of me. And I'm like giving you spoonfuls. Fuck you, eat that shit. Just eat it. You know, feel feel how I feel and just some of this garbage that I'm feeling. How do you like it? How do you like it? You know, I hope this isn't a soup that you serve at home to your kids, you know, just kind of keep it for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, well, when I had my children, that that's a whole difference. Oh, yeah, um, that's a big one. We'll, yeah. we'll get there. Okay. Um, um, but also, we resist sitting in our shame because we don't want to fucking touch that you know that's inside of us that we're trying to not look at Mm -hmm. well protecting ourselves from our shame it feels like a death when we have to sit in that and feel it Mm -hmm. and so anything that causes this shame is going to you know you're going to get an attack so a lot of it is projection onto our partners or family, co-workers, whoever the fuck, friends. And we're going to make sure that, you know, to protect ourselves, we're going to attack you. We're going to bring you down to our level of that feeling so we can rise above you. And then, you know, then I feel fucking fine. And of course, I don't apologize for shit either yeah. because you deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> Nameless narcissist, he said that, uh, you know, the world fucked me hard, so I'm going to fuck it back twice as hard. And it's just, (laughs) you know, that's just how it goes. Yeah. It's so, but, you know, when you start to self-reflect on things and you start to see that, you know, vulnerability isn't a weakness, 
forgiveness isn't a weakness. Oh, now, I, I oh my God, you got you got to stop, dude. What are you saying? We can't be getting this out to people. Well, the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I can say it, but I don't feel that. So right. I still feel that I have to protect myself if I forgive you and you you know, I still hold resentments in my head. And these are a lot of things that I have to work on within myself and create fucking boundaries because, you know, I'm a boundary crosser. I want to get my needs met. I don't give a shit. If you try to cross my boundaries, you're going to be punished type shit. Narcissists have very low self-esteem. It looks like, you know, we're the baddest motherfuckers on the planet, but we have to you know, we have to see ourselves that way and put that image out that way. So we don't seem, you know, the weak brokenness that is sitting inside of us. And yeah. that and that grandiosity and everything. Oh, my God. Uh, that protects me from, you know, being depressed. That yeah. protects me. You know? uh, and I've mentioned before about grandiosity as being a harm reduction measure for some people where it's like without that grandiosity, as you said, you'd be suicidal, you'd be homicidal, you'd yeah. be unable to self-regulate. So, I mean, in a way, it is doping yourself up to get by and it is potentially not as bad as the alternatives. Yeah. So that's why there's like a, there's a lot of good things that do go along with this disorder as long mm -hmm. as I'm aware that I'm not actually harming anyone doing it. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've said the same thing to a lot of people who've been asking about like, you know, if I change, like, am I going to lose my drive to succeed? Or like, it's gotten me this, or like, what's going to happen? And it's just the best thing you can do is like, this is how you are. And this is a set of skills you've learned from your upbringing. If you've learned them for a fucking reason, like they're not there, uh, yeah. just out of the blue. So if you can actually, the best thing to do is instead of trying to like burn everything to the ground and just like make a new person is to figure out, okay, how do I channel this in the best direction? What are the things that are ultimately unhelpful? How do I just not be a ratchet motherfucker running around hurting people and getting glee out of it? And once you can sort out those questions, then you're a lot further along towards being what regular people are, which is trying to navigate the world the best they can and getting their needs met and doing cool shit. And that's really the end goal is not to be like some super soldier, like perfect moral person, just to be all right with yourself and what you're doing in the world. Yeah, that trying to be perfect thing is that is a humongous struggle. Okay. Um, and that is where, you know, I'm trying to work on my <clears throat> self-esteem. Now, self-esteem doesn't mean that, you know, I can accept that I'm flawed. That's one of them. So if I accept things about myself, then I can accept them in others. So instead of projecting, you know, I'm fucking perfect. Why aren't you perfect? <laughs> and then um, I'm going to I'm going to project my flaws onto somebody else. So I'm going to start shitting on, you know, my people for not masking hard enough because I'll be like, right. I fucking have to treat you good. Why aren't you doing it? I'm doing all these fucking things. Why aren't you doing it? You know, and then I become very resentful. And then that's also breaking down in my relationships. So accepting things about myself will have me accepting them in other people too. But this is a 
daily work, there is no end goal. So I can't be like, oh, uh, you know, February 2030, I'll be perfect. You know, it's like, no, no. Man, daily, I can imagine for some people, it's fucking hour by hour. (laughs) Just constantly trying to remind yourself. Well, this is why I really like being an introvert. This is nothing that I did on purpose. This is part of, you know, just my brain. I like keeping away from others. Not only is it, I can relax, but, uh, you know, so I don't have to mask up, have social anxiety, going out in public, having to, you know, smile, (laughs) smile. Hi. I want, give me back a good reflection. I mean, Another thing about, you know, faking empathy for others, as long as you feel good, if you feel good, if I am being empathetic towards you, now I don't feel shit, but if I am, you know, being a good listener, letting you, you know, get your feelings out, I may tell you a story about something I went similar, then you feel fucking good and you skip off into the sunset, you know, all happy and shit. So mission accomplished. Yes. So, (laughs) you know, there's, I believe that there's things that even though that we're lacking in some things, we can still, you know, be a positive influence on other people. It gets harder with the demands of relationships because Normal relationships, they always are going to have breakdown moments, ruptured moments. And the thing that sucks about being with a narcissistic person or a cluster B is we don't know how to repair those moments. It always, it always seems like to get worse, right? It's, it's like we're fighting about one thing. But it's really not that one thing. There's like deeper things and deeper things and deeper things. And with me, come at me with a criticism where a normal person who's healthy with their emotional intelligence will not take it as a criticism, but take it as this is something we should work on together. Let me, you know, let's see what the fuck ever. And to me, it's going to be, okay, you're criticizing me. You're making me feel shameful about myself. I'm a bad person. Okay. Fuck you. How about this? How about this about you? Yeah, How about they come this at you, thing about you? They come at you with a little shiv, just, you know, a little bit of criticism. You come back with an RPG. It's just like, I'm going to blow up your fucking house. Like, that's uh, that's how this is going to go now. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Hey, can you hear me? I can indeed. All right, let's try that. I took off All the right. Wi-Fi. All right, let's cross the fingers and hope. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> 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 I'm so sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> So to be just like I was just over here, I was raging out. It was fucking amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> I just dumped so much great information, and now I don't. And now, like my brain is like goldfish, right? And so it's like <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about. Okay, all right, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll give you a prompt because I mean I'm just taking notes over here, and I got a bunch of things to follow up with you on. So this okay. is gonna be this is gonna be like with nameless narcissist again, where it's just everything's just gonna explode outwards of all these things to say. Um, so one thing, so I'm actually, uh, me, I identify as non-monogamous, which would be, 
hilarious for us to have a conversation about sometime because I think we see very differently on the topic. But, you know, that's for um, another cast. Um, mm-hmm. And so one of them who I'm talking to, she sees herself as MPD, ASPD. And we've talked mm-hmm. before about masking and the resentment that you feel of putting so much effort into masking yourself and other people not understanding the effort that you put into doing it and expecting them to match that effort to do it back for you when they have no fucking idea that any of this is even happening. Right. This is, this is what got cut out. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So when, even, even if like I'm trying to be a better person, if I'm trying to be good to my p- person. Now, this causes me massive anxiety because I'm masking up very hard mm-hmm. to keep all of, you know, my inner fucking hate or anger, any emotion that's happening, whether that's being fucked with inside my head, something from the outside world, me not being able to actually tell my partner what's happening inside of me, you know? Ooh. Yeah, Um, it's brutal because, I mean, when you can't get that recognition from somebody who you really love and you're trying to please them at the same time and, like, you know, you remember how this has gone before, like, that just sounds like a fucking nightmare. It is a nightmare Um, because after I'm pretty quick with my testing. So I'm going to test you pretty early on to see if you're going to be the kind of partner that I can trust with my own feelings and share. Okay. Okay. So after you are dismissive of my feelings, just a handful of times, I'm done. I'm Mm. never sharing shit with you again. So then it just becomes a mask all the time. I am Mm -hmm. fake. I am faking the whole fucking relationship with you. You know, I I I was sorry. Go. Yeah, the thing I want to say there is uh, Nameless Narcissist and I, we both talked about, you know, we have our little tests or our things we do with vulnerability, him doing fake vulnerability, me kind of like you being genuine about it, but seeing where the person's going to take it. And so yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I was wondering what kind of test you're going to talk about, about whether or not we're talking about like shit testing, like how much are they going to put up with? But this is, you know, I think kind of genuine and something that even regular people could do, which is just to, you don't know a person, you want to see how they're going to handle things that are important to you that you bring up. You should look to see if this person is going to be able to meet you there. And if they can't, that is a fucking problem for whatever connection you're going to have with them. Yeah, well, don't forget that in the beginning of a relationship, when we're really idealizing you as this perfect partner, we're gonna, f- we can fake that shit. <laughs> okay, that that is true. <laughs> so not only th- we can fake empathy, but automatically I'm gathering information, you know, from you. I have to know every single thing about you to keep myself safe. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, using it against you later if I have to. Now, people think they're gathering information because they are going to use it against you. Well, it fucking ends up being like that, but that's not the main purpose. I do want to, you know, keep these things in mind. So if you hurt me, I have a gang load of punishment I can throw at you to shame you because you're shaming me, you know? Yep. Yeah. So 
this is why I tell people when you're first in a relationship, I'm talking the beginning stages, do not trauma dump on these motherfuckers. Do not trauma oh, no. dump on anyone. Oh, oh, absolutely not. I mean, it's just a bad idea from both directions of like people who trauma dump and they try to use that to foster the closeness in the relationship. And then even on the other hand, where it's the other person is listening to it. And as you said, collating information for later, just in both ways, it's just not a good dynamic for a relationship ah all right anywho i'm i'm not mad you're mad that's that's projecting never mind um (laughs) okay so um i was talking about the uh sharing of the trauma yep uh the last thing that i said was uh that it was a bad idea for like both people like it's a bad relationship dynamic yeah so when you're sharing your trauma with other people or together, you think that you're having this bond, you know, like, oh, my parent beat me up. Well, so did mine. Mine was belittling. So was mine. Okay. That means that we're going to fix each other, right? We're mm-hmm. going to give each other each other's needs that weren't met. But what both of us don't understand is we don't know how to fucking do that. We don't know. So we're going to yep. keep trying to get what we can't get from each other. And then um, we're going to punish each other over and over again for not getting our needs met. And this is what keeps us in the trauma bond. You know, we don't know how to repair any of this shit. And we don't know how to try to, we also don't trust each other because um, (laughs) I know, I know that um, I, I, you're going to punish me. I know it. I just fucking know it. Anything that I do say It's going to trigger your shame. You're going to fucking punish me. You're either, you know, and then I'm going to tell you to fuck off. And then I'm going to run away and leave the relationship and call you a nothing person in your garbage and all this shit. Man, this sounds like a playbook that you've ran before. Like, this hasn't happened. All the time. Over and over again. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. yeah. Hell, yeah. But, yeah. So, in the beginning of a relationship, we will create a safe space for you. But I'm also looking to, you know, I'm looking to get my needs met from you. So I'm putting on this perfect picture and so are you, you know, you're putting on this perfect, oh, you know, I, I'm such a good man. I listen to, you know, everything that all of your needs. And then, you know, you get each other in bed and stuff and you're doing this Kama Sutra fucking craziness or whatever. And then you feel like you're totally bonded. We're bonded in brokenness. We're bonded in fucking. We're bonded in being fake empathetic towards each other, whatever, you know, and then all of our toxic defenses will start to come out because I start hearing my original abuser through your mouth, whether it's Mm. criticism, you know, as soon as you start telling me I'm not doing something I'm supposed to do, that's going to piss me off. And yes, I am masking up hard for you and you're not doing it for me. Well, now I'm going to punish you, you know, oh, because them's fighting words. Yeah. But oh, God, now what? I'm going to have to cut this because I just had a really great. Po- oh, right. OK. So, yeah, one of the things that's interesting and, you know, I've heard you say this often is you look for people with trauma because you want somebody that you can relate to. Like, I think that's the really big thing of even with uh, some of the disordered people like when we talk to each other and you hear them talk about the fuckery and you're like, yeah, OK, that makes sense. Or, you know, that's happened to me. But at the same time, then there's a problem where maybe disordered people then they look for the people who can relate to things that they don't have to mask up on or that they don't feel like they're going to be 
unfairly turned away for, but then they don't look for the skills. And the skills are the things like you're saying about repair or being proactive or maintenance or just certain regulation skills and those things i mean obviously like you're also i think i've written this before that i think with disordered people because you actually have a lot of fear of intimacy and vulnerability in relationships because you got screwed there before as you said with your original abusers they're Uh actually so afraid that you need the delusionality you need the idealization to outweigh the fear of being hurt so you actually do need the sort of love bombing thing to get you to look past your past and actually try to make a go of it with somebody again. Yeah, unfortunately, not only am I trying to create this perfect image for you, but I need you to accept me in every way. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you learning about my yuck, which I usually don't, you know, expose right away because, you know, I don't trust your ass. So, but um, reasonable. I'm a very untrustworthy person. (laughs) (laughs) But to get to, to get that acceptance, that's one of the needs that I need to be met. But what happens is, you know, if this is what I see out there because I love toxic people. So I'm not looking for, um, an, I'm not looking for an empathetic motherfucking unicorn and shit. I am right. looking for, you know, somebody on my level. So accepting me for who I am, if I find somebody who is like me, that means automatically my dumbass thinks, oh, you accept yourself. So you accept me. But that's not mm-hmm. the truth. We don't accept who we are and we're looking for that acceptance in the other person. So when we do that, we're giving them all of our power away to the other person. And then we're going to beat them up for the power that we gave away. Yeah. And I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) it is. uh, You're kind of setting yourself up for failure there. What you're just saying in terms of looking for somebody who is like you. And I mean, yeah, I think there's both the relating and then there's the acceptance part. And of course, just because somebody's been through it doesn't mean that they accept themselves either. And I guess I wanted Mm -hmm. to share that I know for myself with my primary partner, she actually is kind of one of those pathetic unicorns. She's super fucking chill. She's open-minded. She's one of the kindest and sweetest people that I know. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's very practical and hardworking. And that is something where I have noticed on more than one occasion that sometimes there are times where I feel ashamed or I get difficult feelings that come up as a result of it. And there are certain places that my mind can go that she doesn't. So there's certain parts of me that cannot be expressed or there's certain things that get triggered in me of me being the one knowing that my mind navigates and inhabits some of the more painful places in the world. And the other partner who I have is actually somebody more on my wavelength. And then I do get to express those things, which is rad as fuck. But Mm -hmm. there, there is a thing that I think I have noticed with a lot of disordered people is that they are actually threatened, uh, myself included, of being in a relationship with somebody who's healthier or more well-adjusted and feeling that shame of being lesser than or the other person being above you. So it's, yeah, that fear of not being accepted or being rejected. I mean, even in this case, I do feel very accepted and I do feel what very loved, but there's still something there and I've been working through it. 
Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Because if there is, okay, this is this is going to make me look gross. <laughs> but I used to, now, this is not my primary partners. These are people that I would just fuck with, okay? Yeah. And it's because of all of my ugly, I was envious that they were so healthy. Or at least I thought that they were just projecting this mental healthiness. And I wanted to test the fuck out of them, okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Because, okay, so to me, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, you think you're so much better than me? We'll see. And then I would target these people and want to get to know them. I'll be listening to all of their wonderfulness and all of their, you know, healing and, you know, their great outlook and stuff. And and shit rainbows and ride unicorns into the sunset. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just, I'm just smiling, just listening to like, okay, we'll see motherfucker. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll start asking more questions, asking more and asking more darker questions, just a little, you know, trying to get into their psyche. And and then I will slowly segue into their childhood. And, you know, more and more, I'm finding out that they do have childhood trauma. Now, when you tell me your childhood trauma, bam, I know your triggers. Mm. So now I'm going to test you on your triggers. Can I trigger you into becoming defensive, having make you feel small? Are you going to become insecure? You know, what is going to happen? So I I was like almost like this scientist walking around with my little fucking pet rats, right? <laughs> and then and I just wanted to see, you know, how they would react. And yeah, they're not as fucking enlightened and monkey as uh, they think they are. They're not. But (laughs) to justify it, now they know something they have to work on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I had, uh, I think, a catfishing attempt on myself. And one of the first things that, you know, they were trying to poke around and find my vulnerabilities and weaknesses. And one of the first things they said was, how do I trigger you? And it's just sort of funny because it's like, well, I just put everything out there. And if I put everything out there, then I know the people who are trying to fuck around with my vulnerabilities and insecurities because other people can receive it gracefully and openly. And the people who like come back and try to weaponize it, it's like, oh, okay, well, I know what your game is. So it's actually a bait that I put out there, some low hanging fruit for to weed people out and see what they do with it. But yeah, yes. I mean, <laughs> I, I, lo- I love, I love. Yes, I love testing that way too. I love saying, okay, this is something that's going to remove me from your life. Yeah, Here it exactly. is. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm giving you the key to mm-hmm. lock the door. Are you going to use it? And a lot of toxic people are going to test you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to um, use it against you and see if, you know, it's for real. Like my ex borderline flavored person, he would tell me, he would tell me his boundaries. And I would, when I would split on him and rage out, I would throw them in his face. And did he leave me? No. Oh, and that is the problem. It's actually, this is something that I've noticed with myself sometimes, which is I will actually put off some of the conversations about something difficult that's happening and asserting my boundaries because i know that i have to be prepared mentally of once i say it to you 
I'm going to fucking do it. And that's all there is to it. And if I'm not prepared to fucking dump you on the spot when you actually do it, then my word doesn't fucking mean anything. Exactly. So, so I take my time sometimes to kind of hum and haw and my kind of fucking hoping my head. I'm like, I hope you turn around. I hope you don't fuck this up. Because I know that if I have to say this seriously, and then you're immediately going to fuck with it just to see if I'm being serious, and then I'm going to be serious and it's going to be over. And yeah. I mean, I think that's difficult even for fucking regular people to do. And I mean, as you said, yes. like he, he kind of made mincemeat out of uh, his boundaries. And then he gets resentful because he feels like he told you, but that you didn't listen. But you're like not listening. I'll per- We're going down the toxic clusterfuck. Yeah. Well, I really wanted, uh, I was so angry. Now, you know, when you split somebody black, you're cool if they leave. You don't care because you you want them out of your life in that moment. In that moment, mm-hmm. you know, you fucking, after you're done cycling through your cray, you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, because you feel like you turned into a different person when you're in that rage mode. Mm-hmm. And then when you're done, then you get to reassess, at, le- at least if you are self-reflective, and then you're just like, oh, God damn it. How I, am I going to fix this? You know? I did the thing again. Yeah. So, yes, in that moment when he was like, I I forget what it was, but let's just make something up like, don't call me a specific name. Mm -hmm. And I just started repeating it in a continuous loop. It was like hiring a plane to like go over his house, carrying it on a banner behind just like, hey, remember that thing you told me not to call you? Look up, look up, look up. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. 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 And I just kept saying it over and over again. And he I, he was like smiling about it, you know, because he was just like, she's so mad. Now, now the thing is, is when we do get a reaction out of somebody, it means you care. Indifference mm-hmm. means you don't care. So whether you're over the moon in love with us or you hate us, you care. You know, it's when you lose all of those feelings and you're indifferent, you don't give a shit. And so, you know, it's a little kid inside of us trying to provoke you into giving a shit. It's like a little kid would rather get negative attention from a parent than no attention at all. Yeah, I mean, I've written this a couple of times right now, but like there are some basic, I think, drives that we have to know that we can affect our environment and also that we are real. And so you know that you are real when you can interact with the environment and you can get responses and you can, you are regarded by other people, like particularly as a kid, you don't have attention, you fucking die. And so mm-hmm. part of this of trying to bait the responses out of people is if you don't, you know, if you have a healthier and have a sense of security, you can do delayed gratification. You can kind of wait, or you got like enough inside of you that you can go for a little while without attention and you're going to be perfectly fine. If you come from a disorganized upbringing and you had to fight for that attention or you never got it, you desperately need it and you hunger for it, then this is something where it's like not just the good reactions, but you need to know that you exist. You need to know that you can say something and people around you are going to be affected by it. This is the thing that you wish you'd had as a child in your environment. And so now that it's something you need as an adult, negative attention works perfectly fucking fine. It shows that you are real, shows that people will pay attention to you, shows that you can affect people, shows that you can take on actions. And so when you think about it that way, 
like this is maybe sometimes brain breaking shit for like regular people. They're just like, I don't get it. Like, how can they like being yelled at? And it's just like mission accomplished. Like, I know that I'm powerful. I know that I'm seen. What the fuck else do I need? Yes. Well, another thing that goes along with that is when you like when you're talking to somebody and you're like, as an example, what what can I work on so we have a better relationship? Okay. And you tell me something that I'm lacking in the relationship that you would like to see more of. Now, I will take that as a criticism. I will then criticize you. I'm the victim. So I'm not looking at it as in a healthy way. I'm a victim. And then I might become, you know, verbally abusive or something to Mm -hmm. make you react. And now you're going to react in a negative way. And I'm the victim. So this is the whole reactive abusey type shit, you know, Mm. and this is something that I went in with my recent ex. He would do these things to where I couldn't criticize him because he'd be the victim. Now, me being who I am, I want to hurt your feelings. Fuck you. But then me trying to be healthy. I'm going to have to apologize for being an asshole. So I got very tired of that. And I even let him know that if I said the shit that you say to me back to you, you'd fucking cry like a pussy. <laughs> and, um, and, and then he flipped it around and he said, crying is not a weakness. <laughs> <laughs> His deflections deflections were so fucking good because I'm just like, that's not what I meant. Fuck you. (laughs) It's not bad. I mean, again, he's got that disordered charm to him. He's quick on his feet. I know. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God. And because, you know, I, I was trying to be healthy and not defend myself in a negative way so many times. I Mm -hmm. felt like a weak ass pussy. And, um... And then I go back in time and I'm like, fuck, I should just rip your ass apart every single fucking time. And then I'm like, no, because then um, I'd feel bad because I'm trying to be good. So fuck it. I accept it. You know, um, I, one something the interesting that you just said there is um, when you've been nice or you've been kind and you look back on it or even in the moment, you're just like, God, like I'm being so weak. I am being a pussy. And I yeah. think that's something that I've also heard. I think, yeah. Both genders, I think kind of everybody, but it's just this idea that like being kind is weakness. And like when you have been, you just, even if it gets like a good outcome, like you kind of look back on it, you think like you've lost your edge, like you haven't been dominant, you haven't imposed your will. There's something where even when you do the good things, it doesn't really give you the self-satisfaction sometimes because you're just looking at how... I guess it's because like you're not in control of the outcome. Like you really just like put yourself out there. You like just said a nice thing. The other person can like do whatever. They can shank you in the heart if they want to, if they really want to be a dick and you're just letting it happen. And so there is a way I think in which like people who are like really more malignantly minded is like, you only see the value of actions where you are fully in control of them or where you are forcing somebody to react to you. And those kind actions where you let people kind of come out and respond to you gently. I mean, you feel like a pussy because you're fucking afraid that somebody is going to shank you in the back when you do it. Okay, well, with the outside world, I guess I'm more malignant. 
because I do, <laughs> because I do feel like everything is calculated out in the real world. I mean, mm -hmm. I am always on my game out in the real world. So even when I'm being empathetic and if you criticize me, I'm letting you criticize me. If I'm asking you for an opinion and you criticize me, I want you to believe that I respect your opinion. So this yeah. is what, you know, so everything is very calculated for me, you know, when I'm not, you know, unaware and being a dick. This is why, like, when I see really when people are putting on their grandiose mask out in the world and they're completely unaware mm -hmm. and they're just being, you know, dicks and entitled and all this shit, I think of that as a weakness. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You're showing your mask. What are you doing? You know, because I'm very quiet. I'm a watcher. I say the things you want to hear. I let you think that you're giving me good advice. I am, you know, I'm very, I get along with people. It's the close relationships that, you know, that start to fuck with me. I'm around you a lot more. Right. You, I can't mask up for you forever. Nope. So you're going to, you're going to see when I'm tired. You're going to see when I'm angry. You're going to see when I'm frustrated. You're, so all of my defenses are going to come out. You're going to start criticizing me and I'm not going to be able to put my game on to be like, oh yeah, your opinion matters to me. I'm going to be like, fuck your opinion. You're not fucking any better than me. You know? Oh, absolutely. Um, So I don't think um what you were saying there about like being calculated in the real world is malignant because it's like, you're still at least trying. So like that, I think is kind of like, you're doing your best with what you've got inside to make interactions go well. I'm totally fine with that. Like everybody has their own internal environments. I think that's reasonable. Something that I have wanted to ask you, and you know, I have followed along with your relationship with your borderline accent somewhat heartbroken when it didn't work out you know just seeing you put in the effort to yourself but one of the things that i think i've also heard you say a lot is that you struggle with think exactly in those relationships i want to be healthier this means something like masking more it means something like holding myself back kind of being an asshole it means apologizing but one of the things that i think about when i think relationships these days is really about just being able to inhabit space and time comfortably with somebody. And so that's like not quite masking. doesn't mean like not like just letting all the brokenness out, but kind of a sense of safety or lightness in a sense that like I could just like be in this space kind of forever. And like it wouldn't, it would be okay. Like we could sustain this. And I guess I'm curious if you've ever had that kind of uh, environment with somebody or if it's always calculated or up and down on the fucking roller coaster. Okay. Well, first, my borderline flavor, he was my emotional affair while I was married when I divorced and I was only with him for four months. My recent oh. ex, my recent ex that I was trying very hard with, he had antisocial personality. My my apologies. Thank you for the clarification. Okay. The, no problem. The antisocial one is one I was thinking of. Thank yeah. You. So being calm in a relationship gives me the feeling of indifference. Um, this is, um, yes. And this is going to, I have to be very aware and be like, okay, this is normal. This is what a healthy relationship is. But my disordered mind likes to take over and being like, they don't give a fuck about you. They're not paying attention to you. And so, you know, then I'm going to have a triggering event. I'm going to start watching you very well. 
almost wanting to self-sabotage the relationship in that moment because I'm feeling on edge. I'm projecting all of my insecurities onto you right now. So I'm insecure. I'm going to think that, you know, you're not acting right. You're not paying attention to me. Why Why am I not on a pedestal right now? Why, why, how, come, how come I'm treating you fucking good and you're acting normal? Like this is normal? They should have a couple fucking backup pedestals for you in case you ever fall off. Just put that back Fuck real quick. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like 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 uh what do you call it? A, a trampoline and shit. So it can bounce back. Yeah, you need to be my trampoline. <laughs> but yeah. So I'm doing all this masking effort because I can never relax in the relationship. And you seem relaxed. So number one, I'm fucking resentful of that shit. Number two, why aren't you trying to make me feel good about myself? Mm-hmm. Because you're my, you're my mirror. So if I don't feel good about myself, it's your fucking job to make me feel good about myself, right? This is going to cause the chaos. Now, you know, I say, you know, we like chaos, but not in that sense that we do like it, meaning it feels like home. Home is, it was chaotic in the household. That means I was seen, like you said. I want to be seen. So if I'm creating chaos, now you're paying attention to me. And unfortunately, it fucks everything up. It goes to places that I really didn't want it to go. And then I get so much anxiety that I will break the relationship. And then I will have this moment of calm. Because I don't have anxiety of masking up for the relationship anymore. I am calm, but then I miss my partner after I'm done cycling through my crazy. So then I'm just like, I want my partner to fix it. I'm too much of a pussy and afraid of rejection to say that I did anything wrong. Getting an apology out of me is like pulling teeth. Please come back to me and say that you want to repair the relationship. I'm like, I'm so. I'm so glad you say, said that because uh, this is, again, another uh, kind of one of my tools in my bag of if I've had an entanglement with people who I think is toxic and there has been a rupture, I'll usually put in some effort to try to fix it. But I will hold you accountable for like at least 30% of the work. And if you still mm-hmm. throw that in my face, then I'll get rid of you, move on with my mm-hmm. life. And if you want to come back, I will hold that mistake over your head. And it is nothing budges an inch till we go right back to the exact same place. And it gets done properly. Mm-hmm. This has removed quite a couple number of people from my life because they do not want to go to that place of properly apologizing or repairing or taking on their part of whatever the interaction was that went poorly. My mother's the first one, wasn't the first, wasn't the last. And so exactly like you said, <laughs> that desperate desire to avoid shame at any fucking cost and the lengths sometimes that I think people will go to is scarcely comprehensible i think for non-disordered people like they will just like abandon you or give up on whole swaths of things just to not have to go to that place of feeling ashamed of what they've done and having to repair it 